Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salinsky, aka the Running Wine Mom. In this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Lauren Schaefer, Senior Director of Corporate Partnership at Susan G. Komen. Lauren is a seasoned nonprofit professional with over 15 years of experience in the industry. In her current role, she leads the team that collaborates with national companies and brands partnering with Komen to make a difference for the breast cancer community. She is a passionate advocate for the Komen's mission and works tirelessly to raise awareness and funds for breast cancer research and support. Outside of work, Lauren is a proud mother of two kids and enjoys staying active on her Peloton bike, as well as exploring her hobbies of reading and cooking in her free time. Today, Lauren will share with us her experience working with Susan G. Komen, the challenges and success she has encountered in her role, and what motivates her to continue making a difference in every day. So let's dive in. So I like to start every episode off with what is your wine of the week? Hi, Sam. Yes, my wine of the week. I love a red. I tend to go through different stages of what I enjoy over the weekend. But right now, I'm really enjoying a nice red blend. I feel like it's a good combination and level set of all the things I love about all the other wines. I do love a good red blend. And I'm uh, kind of at the point right now where I'm like, should I go to white right now since the wet? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm more of like seasonal red versus white. For sure. Um, But I'm kind of switching over. But this weekend was rainy and cold. So I was back to my red this past week. You should always do sangria too over the summer. True. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) So what was your wine and win of the week? My wine of the week is allergy season. I live in Arizona and I'm just over it. The pollen, the allergy pills, the sneezing, the sinus infections going through our house. It's just, we're ready for summer to be here. <laughs> what is the wet, the weather in Arizona right now is um, like, what temperature is it over there? So today it's going to be about a hundred. Uh, yes, it's warm. Everything is in full bloom. So we're just waiting for it to warm up even more. And as lovely as spring is, we're ready for it to be hot. <laughs> Here it was like 55. So if that gives you oh, a gosh. difference. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So what was your win of the week? My win of the week is meeting my team in person. I just got back a few days ago from our first in-person full team meeting since before the pandemic. Um, and it was just so energizing. I mean, it was tiring, but... We've gotten so good at working virtually that sometimes you forget what it's like to connect with people in person. So just the brainstorming, the strategy, the camaraderie just really lit me up inside. It was truly amazing. That's amazing. I know. I feel as though this is the first full year that we're going to get that it's kind of post everything and everything's back in person. It is. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, I'm so excited to have you on today. This is our first time meeting as well, but I am working with you guys right now on the Mother's Day campaign, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. Just to kind of give my story, uh, my gram had breast cancer, and this past May, almost a year ago, I lost one of my really good friends to inflammatory breast Mm -hmm. cancer, and um, I'm going to be sharing some stuff about her on my social media channel over the next few weeks as well, just to kind of bring awareness to it because um, inflammatory breast cancer is more rare. um, And 
she had such a short fight with it and I just want to do anything that I can to try and help bring awareness to it. So I'm really honored to be a part of this campaign. Well, thank you. We're honored to have your support and your voice and helping us reach more people. So thank you. So on this podcast, how I originally had started it out is I would kind of do something with fitness and motherhood. But as I've gotten into it, the main events of a lot of these women and men that I have is there are things outside of those two topics as yeah. well. Um, so I like to kind of start off with our fitness, go into your parenthood, and then we're going to talk about your job. Awesome. But before we get started with all of that, tell me, what are the three things you're most proud of? Most proud of in life. First and foremost, my kids. Um, they're my biggest accomplishment. And sometimes at the end of the day, my husband and I look at each other and we're like, man, we have good kids. Now, this by no means means that any day is easy with them and they don't have tantrums. I mean, they're four and six years old, but I love that they're starting to make their own decisions. And when you see them do the right thing, it just makes you feel a pride and a love that you never knew um, could exist. The second thing I would say I'm most proud of is my husband and our marriage. Um, you know, finding a partner is hard. And I just feel so fortunate to have someone who's my cheerleader, supports my career, my best friend. And he's just a great dad. We talk through everything. Um, you know, we're our own people. Um, we're really different, actually, but we just balance each other out. Um, and it works really well. And when I was at my full team meeting last week and had to travel to another state, you know, he had everything under control here. And so just really love our partnership. Um, and then the third thing I'm most proud of is Susan G. Coleman, the organization I work for and my team that works so hard um, towards that vision of a world without breast cancer. Those are all great things. Um, I feel as though with kids, it's such a big test for everyone to see how you, you don't really know if you're doing a good job until you see yeah. doing something that you are like, wow, I have taught you how to, you know, do this or see you do that, that and watching them be creative is awesome. And then also finding a husband who so many people I feel as though their husbands can't, you wouldn't feel comfortable leaving your kids with them for, you know, a while. And that's really important. Yeah. Love it. Your organization is wonderful. So let's move on to our fitness. We're going to start with that. Um, and I was reading over some of the things that you wrote and I am also a Pelotoner. So <laughs> the first question is, how do you stay active? Um, I stay active with the Peloton bike and app. So I am an avid Pelotoner. The cycling classes are the primary way I work out. It's just what I love to do the most. And so that's what I lean into. But I love using the app for yoga, for strength. And I really lean into the app when I'm traveling or I don't have access to a bike. Or sometimes if I just want to walk outside, I just listen to a class and enjoy the music. Um, I also like to run, but being um, in a place that's really hot, I only tend to do it a few months a year. So I kind of feel like it's revving up to like train again. And then just as once I'm where I want to be, I, I stop running because it's so hot out. So the Peloton works really well for me. So who's your favorite instructor on the Peloton? Probably Emma Lovewell. She's just like girl next door. I want to be her. And I, I just really love her classes and her music and just her taste. She's so fun. I feel like I'm not working out when I'm taking one of her classes. I think that, I, I mean, I love Peloton. I actually went in studio for the first time about a month ago to Rebecca Kennedy's hiking. Oh, and it was 
I mean, it was like Disney there. It was so cool. And I just feel like they're doing such a good job for like in regards to fitness for so many people. And like you were saying with the app, it's so easy while you're traveling and anywhere. They make it so accessible. They really do. And I love that the app is, well, in any of their classes, you have five, you have 10 minutes. That's perfectly fine. And they have a class for that. And so I think they've just really, especially for moms or people that are working, have made working out less of a chore and just something that you can build into your day. I had the opportunity to go to the studio pre-pandemic in September 2019, and I took a class with Emma, and I have her picture, and it's just, I probably should have, like, framed it and put it next to me. That's how much I love it. (laughs) It it is just, it's such a cool experience. So how do you stay motivated to maintain your own fitness routine? I joke with my husband, because I'm like, I'll never regret working out, like, when I'm trying to motivate myself at the end of a long day. But it's really true. Like, sometimes it's hard to get on the bike. Um, But once I'm there, I'm always glad I did it. It lifts my spirits. It might give me some energy back or just make me feel like I accomplished something. So um, even though it's kind of a running joke, I truly like never regret working out. And so I try to remind myself of that. Um, And again, just knowing that, especially with Peloton, I don't have to have an hour. I used to think before, well, if I don't have an hour to work out, I'm not doing it. Like 15 minutes, 20 minutes of movement, you know, anything that you can fit in, I still find valuable. And so I just try to make time for it, even if it's just a few minutes. And then, you know, I can feel like, okay, and then I'll try to tackle more tomorrow if I can. And if not, that's okay. So just trying to go with the flow and um, have some grace on myself when it comes to working out. And that's, uh, Jess Sims always says that as soon as you start, she's always like, all right, you got the Yeah. And it's so true. I feel as though so many people it's the workup where I don't have time. I don't want to do it. I, you know, it's not going to be a good workout. And then it's just just do it and then get started. And like you said, you'll never regret doing it. Yeah, absolutely. What struggles do you have to stay healthy and fit? Struggles. I mean, first and foremost is probably time. Like so many of us, it just does not seem like there's enough hours in the day to do everything that we want to do between work, home, kids, pets, whatever the case may be. So I work at night or I work out at night after my kids go to bed and I'm just trying to squeeze it in. Yeah. Before I go to bed myself, but it's like, there's a pile of laundry I could fold or I could, you know, hang out with my husband for a few minutes or I can work out. So I think it's just finding the time for it. Um, And, you know, I really try to make sure I'm eating healthy at the same time. And I found that that I have to sit down and plan it out because if I go to the grocery store without a plan or without a list, it's a lot harder to make those healthy decisions. Um, And I also have to plan out my time, like the chopping the vegetables, things like that, and trying to prep ahead. So that's something where I know I, I really need to like a few days in advance, sit down for 20 minutes with a list, paper, um, and get it out of my head so that I can be thoughtful about it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think working and momming and trying to fit all of that in, I think that preparation is just so important for the success of it. And it, it, again, it's kind of like just with working out where you're like, I don't want to prep. I don't have time for it. But when you do, it makes everything else so much easier. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's one thing or something that you wish you learned earlier in life about your fitness and nutritional health? I think when I was younger, I thought exercising was about being skinny and that's not it at all. And I really wish I understood that, um, eating right and exercising is about 
being healthy so you can live the best life possible. And I really love when people talk about just being stronger and believing in yourself. And I feel like that's what's important about working out and staying healthy. So I'm glad I learned it eventually, <laughs> but, you know, certainly wish I had. Yeah, I'll have to learn it. And um, I'm a, a high school health and phys ed teacher. So I, I feel as though that's something so important to me is to teach the girls in high school that it's not about getting to be a certain yeah. way. It's about feeling strong and making yourself feel better. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think about the relationship between your mental health and physical fitness? For me... It's really about how it impacts my mood and sometimes my approach and outlook on everything. I've noticed over the last several years when I'm sad or in a bad mood, exercising really does lift my spirits or it just takes me out of whatever is bringing me down for a little bit of time and kind of provides a therapy of sorts. It can be fine if you're listening to the music that you like and you feel like you accomplished something. So I just tend to feel better mentally once I've gotten some physical activity in. Um, and so for me, that's something else. When I have a kiddo that's going through a tantrum, like, let's move, let's, let's, you know, and then you kind of feel better on the other side. I usually take the silly approach with them, but I can kind of see how it has the same impact on, on their mood as well. All right. So now that we learned about your fitness, let's transition into parenthood. So you have two children, four and six, you said? Yep. Boy and a girl. And what do you think you were least prepared for in parenthood? You know, I feel like growing up, all you hear is babies just eat, sleep, and poop. Um, But no one ever really talks about how hard these things are. And sometimes it doesn't come naturally or easily. Um, so I'm thinking more about the baby stage and how shocking it was when they wouldn't take a bottle or latch on to breastfeeding. Like the things that you see in movies that just happen uh, in an instant, that was really hard. Um, and it's very stressful too, trying to get your kiddos to eat. And then don't get me started on the sleep. Both of my kids struggled with sleeping at night at some point. Naps were nothing short of painful. I ended up doing a sleep trainer with one of them, which was the best choice I ever made. But none of these things that I ever knew even existed before being a parent. (laughs) And I, when I became a parent, I'm like, wait, everybody was doing this? And like, I wasn't really prepared for it. And that's something that I'm very vocal about. I'm like, this is all normal because you do see in the movies, you know, you just pop out a baby and then everything's all good. And yeah, it doesn't always go. And, and every baby, you know, you having two can realize just from that every baby is so different. And comparing your babies to other babies and where they are, and I'm sure the sleep was so stressful too. It's just well, everybody's like, "Oh, is your is your baby good? Are they sleeping?" You're like, I, "Are they bad if they don't?" Sleep? I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely eye opening. Um, you wish, you know, after having kids that there's so much emphasis put on the birthing process that you don't realize you didn't really talk much about what happens after and what, what happens yeah. once they're out of you. Exactly. What's your favorite thing to do with your kids? Oh, my kiddos and I, we love to cook and bake together. Um, they have these cute little embroidered aprons. So my daughter has this pink one with bows on it. My son has 
a Spider-Man apron so they'll run and get them, get the stools they need. I got them kid-safe knives so that they can help chop, which is probably one of their favorite things to do. So it's so cute and it's so fun. And then I've noticed too, if I have them help make dinner, then I get a lot less complaints about what we're having because they feel like they made it too. So that's been an extra perk as well. What's your favorite thing to bake with them? To bake with them, we love to bake muffins and stuff for the week. Like it kind of kills two birds with one stone when you're like prepping the breakfast for the week. So we love to bake those things. And then of course, whenever it's someone's birthday, doing the cake because they love to decorate it. That's always fun. What do you think that your parenting style is? Um, in our house, I am the bad cop. <laughs> I'm so much stricter than I thought I was gonna be. I, you know, a type A personality. I love to keep our house tidy. Um, and now that my kids are old enough and they know where things go, and I know they know where things go, um, I expect them to put things away and where they belong. Um, so I'm definitely strict on making sure that happens. Um, but I do love for success. Yes, I think so too. Thank you. But I do also try to lean into what they're excited about. I feel like I spent so many hours when they were younger, you know, browsing Pinterest and getting crafts ready together. But at the end of the day, I learned they're creative and they like to be creative on their own. So I've just given them an assortment of paper. They have a couple of drawers that just has random art supplies and they just do their thing and they love it. Or I buy coloring books and they just weren't using them. And so this year, Santa brought them a ream of white paper for Christmas and they love it and they use it and that's what they want. So I think it's, you know, just really letting them be who they are. Um, and so I, I'm excited that I think we've gotten to that place where I've accepted that we're not doing the Pinterest thing and they're just being creative all on their own. With social media, it's so hard. You're like, oh, I mean, I feel like I'm always like, wait, should I be doing this or that? And then you're totally right with their own creativity. Sometimes my, my oldest is only two and a half, but the things that she already comes up with and yeah. does them. Um, I'm just amazed and they obviously all have it in them. And then you're like, wait, I don't want to stunt that. Exactly. Let them. Um, so what's one piece of advice that you would give other parents? Whenever I get asked this question, I think people think I'm kidding, but I would say lower your expectations. And I really mean that from a place of support. Um, I've always been such a go-getter. It was really shocking when I had kids and I felt like I was always, disappointed because I wasn't getting as much done as I usually would. Um, my husband had to sit me down on my first maternity leave when my daughter was having feeding issues. He's like, your one job for the next 12 weeks is just to get some milk in your daughter's belly. Um, and it was like this moment where I was like, okay, I need to have a different set of expectations for myself than I had before. Um, and that's okay. So I think it's really important to remember that it's hard to, to actually take the advice of lowering expectations. Yeah. It's interesting because my husband always says to me, he's like, you don't have to do all this stuff with the kids, mm -hmm. you, have, you know? And I'm like, but I, I want to, I, I feel like I should be. And then it is, you just have to put a perspective of you just, some, all they need is to eat, sleep and be loved. Yeah. If you do anything extra, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now let's get into your job. Can you tell us, uh, first of all, what made you get into this foundation? Yeah, um, so my career is in nonprofit. I always knew growing up and through college that 
my career, I wanted it to mean something and to likely be cause oriented. So I feel really lucky to have been able to choose a career path that lets me do that. Um, So my mom is a breast cancer survivor. I was not at Susan G. Coleman at the time that that happened. Um, But when I was looking for what's next in my career, a a position was available at Susan G. Coleman that I thought was a great fit. And I was like, yes, if there is a mission that I'm going to work for, um, then, then that's it because it means something to me personally. Susan G. Coleman is making a difference and I want to be part of that. That's wonderful. Um, so how do you think that the, that the foundation has impacted your life? Wow. I mean, it's really opened my eyes when my mom was treated or going through her breast cancer treatment. You know, I didn't really understand the medical part of it. I just could see and feel the impact it had on our family and now working for Coleman and seeing um, how other people are impacted, how there are so many different journeys out there. It's really eye-opening. Um, and to reflect back on that time, to think about how Coleman has really helped breast cancer treatment get to where it is today and that there is so much help out there available for patients and for their families. I think that Coleman and working for them has really enabled me to help others that are going through something similar as well. And just, you know, really try to get the word out to as many people as possible so that they're aware of their own health, what they can do and what they can do if someone they know is diagnosed. Yeah. And, um, it, it, when you're in that situation where you get the diagnosis, Obviously, that's not something that most people are doing in their spare time is looking up how they're going to deal with cancer um, and to have someone like you to help guide them. That's so important and so beneficial for it. Um, So in your opinion, what's the most important message or lesson that Susan G. Komen conveys to the public about breast cancer awareness and prevention? That's a great question. So breast cancer cannot be prevented, um, but... Today, more than ever, people are surviving breast cancer because of early detection and effective treatment. So it's really important to know the signs and symptoms of breast cancer, understand your risk of developing the disease, and be aware of what's normal for you because the signs of breast cancer are not the same for everyone. So you should know what to look for, what feels right for you. Um, I can share a few of the most common signs of breast cancer. So one is going to be a change in the look or feel of your breast, a change in the look or feel of your nipple, and then maybe nipple discharge that starts out of nowhere. So kind of really knowing yourself, your body, being aware of the changes. Um, And then if you see something, get it checked out because really the key is early detection um, and that can help you get, you know, early and effective treatment as well. And I, I remember growing up in our shower, my mom had a little thing, it must have been from her gynecologist, um, that was a, a checking for your breasts. And, you know, at, at like 11, I had no idea what it was. But, you know, I'd look at it and I'd like, you know, try and do what they said about like touching to feel lumps. And I, I think about that because it was always in our shower. Yeah. I felt like that's something, like you said, being aware and just having that reminder to continuously 
make sure that you're checking yourself and knowing yourself. Yeah, check yourself. I think it's something you can easily forget or be like, oh, I'll do it in a few weeks. But, you know, also taking the time to just look at yourself. And, and it's really important to do that and to, to follow up. If you have any questions, call your doctor um, and be your own advocate. I think that's something I really learned during my time at Coleman. Um, you definitely stand up for yourself, ask the questions. Um, <laughs> my doctor it was very adamant about, um, my, since my Graham had it, when I went to him, I, this was before I had kids, um, when I had moved to where I'm at now and got a new doctor, he immediately said, oh, any, um, anyone in your family have it? And I told him, and as soon as I said that my Graham had it, he immediately got all the tests for me to get to see if I had the gene. And um, yeah. while it was scary, it, it was really neat to kind of know that I, do, I don't have the gene for it um, and just to be aware of that. But if I did, to know that I would have to get different treatment and stuff for, like you said earlier, you don't think about it in your early 30s. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Genetic testing is certainly something that's available um, as well. I think also not counting yourself out because you're a certain age. Um, and that's why it's important. I love that you shared your mom had this sign up in your shower as you are younger. We really need people and kids and women to know at younger ages what they should be looking for. So I love that you said that and that you grew up with that. Yes, I, I, I guess I assumed everybody had it in their shower, but they did not. <laughs> um, how do you think people can support the fight against breast cancer in their own community? That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. I mean, and the fight against breast cancer is one that really is going to require all of us to come together. And there's so many different ways to get involved. There's something for everyone. So you can start by visiting Susan G. Coleman's website, coleman.org. There's a how to help section and you can find a lot of different steps. You can start your own personal fundraiser. You can shop Live Pink, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about today. So you can purchase products or services that are part of our collection um, put together by companies and brands supporting us um, and raise funds that way to support the breast cancer community and the fight against breast cancer. Or you can sign up for a more than pink walk or three-day walk event in your community. These are really great ways to stay active, come together with people that are passionate about the disease as well, and fundraise for breast cancer research and, and care services for patients. Yeah. I the Live Pink, I love all of the brands that they've collaborated with. I think it's really nice. And um, I mean, I just love the pink, the pink gear anyway. I think it's, yeah. I don't know, I feel as though it's uh, something to be proud of, of, that you're supporting it. And that's just in my opinion of it. Um, in our area, right outside of Philadelphia, and we have the pink Mother's, the Mother's Day walk. Um, yeah. Which I've done with my sister and my mom in the past before. Great. Yeah, that's coming up soon. So yeah. can't do it this year because my husband's working and with the kids being so young, but I'm excited to get back into it. As awesome. It's like a, a great day. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about the importance of self-care and overall wellness in regards to breast cancer um, prevention and recovery? So it, like we talked about, it's important to know your own risk. There's a lot more information about that on our website. Get screened know what's normal for you. But along the way, it's really important to make healthy lifestyle choices to reduce your risk of breast cancer. 
So this includes maintaining a healthy weight, making exercise part of your normal routine, limiting alcohol intake, limiting menopausal hormonal use, um, and if you can, breastfeed. So there's a lot of things that we can do in our day-to-day life um, to help reduce that risk. And we did just briefly talk about the uh, Live Pink campaign. Yeah. um, How do you set that that up? This is my first year working with you guys, and I, again, I'm just so proud to be a part of it, and I feel as though your team has been just wonderful with, you know, communication with me and what you're, you guys want everyone to kind of get from it. And- um, well, thank you. We're really proud of Live Pink as well. So um, anyone can check out the products and services benefiting Coleman on livepink.org. Um, and it's really a platform for us to show the great brands and companies that we're partnering with that give back to Coleman um, through product or service sales. Um, during the Mother's Day time period or throughout the year as well. So you can go to that site and see all the brands that we're partnering with um, that have something that you can purchase. And there's something for everyone. Like you said, there's some really cute and fun pink products. We've got vitamins, um, we've got bicycles, maybe some things you've never even heard of. Um, And then you can feel good about your purchase. Um, So when you click on a product that you want to buy, you're going to find out how you can do it. It'll give you more information. And then when you decide to make that purchase or sign up, you will feel really good about your purchase and feel like you did something good with it. And we want, that's the feeling that we want everyone um, to leave with when they participate. And that's what I, I think everyone's always trying to figure out what, what do you get from Mother's Day? What do you do? And uh, this is more than just a gift because it's giving more to the uh, foundation as well as purchasing something for that. And um, I think that's really important yeah, awesome. for us to be a part of. Thank you. Um, so in recent years, how, do you, how have you seen the conversation around breast cancer change? And what do you think still needs to be done to kind of further the progress in this area? Um, so Coleman has been around for 40 years. We recently celebrated our 40-year anniversary. What's wild to think about is only 40 years ago, people rarely even uttered the word breast. Women were experiencing breast cancer privately and silently. Detection was made only by feeling for lumps, and almost everyone that was diagnosed underwent a mastectomy. Um, So thanks to countless discoveries and investments, and of course, key partners like our Live Pink partners that support Coleman, um, we've played a really large role in fully transforming the breast cancer experience for the better. So over the last four decades, Coleman's support of an investment in more than 2,000 breast cancer researchers has led to more than 3,000 discoveries that have unlocked new knowledge and breast cancer about breast cancer, how we cure it, how we advance the care for those that have it. Um, and so this has really made for some tremendous progress. Um, since 1989, fast forward 20 years, um, we've helped reduce the breast cancer mortality rate by 42%. I mean, that's amazing. And for the people that are diagnosed and living with it. We granted more than $2.3 billion in patient support services. Um, So we're really proud of how we've been able to support patients going through their journey. But the truth is, we still have work to do. People still need help today. 
we know that we can help reduce breast cancer deaths by 30% today if just everyone had access to care and support that they needed right now. So now is the time to buy that product that supports us, that makes a donation, learn more about what we're doing, join our efforts, be an advocate, because we really need to provide women the care they deserve and fund even more research so that we can continue our search for those cures and helping those that are in treatment today with better treatment for them. And I did not know about the re reduction of the mortality rate by 42%. Um, that's huge. And that's in my lifetime that that has happened, which really also pretty cool um, to to know that and feel that there's been such progress with it. I mean, it gives you it gives you hope, right? You know, if you have breast cancer, someone you know has breast cancer, you know, there's a way to get through it. And we want that for everyone. So um, we've made progress and, and we hope that, you know, someday that number can be 100%. When my friend Deanna was diagnosed uh, as outsiders, we didn't really know mm -hmm. what do you do to support someone who's been diagnosed with it? Her diagnosis came when she was 38 weeks pregnant with wow. and, and I had my daughter uh, about three months prior to her so she was a first-time mom she, she knew she had the gene for it mm -hmm. um, and obviously had a lump on her breast talked to our we went to the same doctor they got it biopsied right away and while she's supposedly going through this amazing first mother experience she was actually getting induced early because she had to start her um, chemo treatments a week after her baby was born and it was just such a weird um, experience as her friend on the outside trying to figure out like what do you even do for someone who is experiencing this so what what do you think your advice would be yeah and my heart just goes out to her to you for all of her friends and family and breast cancer is scary not just for the patients right but for the people around them and the caregivers I think first and foremost, is just being present um, and having grace for yourself. It's hard to know what exactly to say or do in that situation, um, but you're not alone. Um, we actually have a whole section on Coleman.org dedicated to patients um, and their caregivers um, and really about like, what are the conversations to have? What are some questions you can ask? Um, how do you have these conversations and ask these questions. There's support groups, there's more. We have a helpline as well. So people can call if they have questions about themselves, but as a caregiver or a friend, you can call. And we have staff that are trained um, and ready to help. So there's support groups, there's support, there's information. And you know what? There's not just one way to go about supporting your friend or your family member. So, um, I think being present, letting them know you care and that you're ready to help um, and know that you can get the help that you need to help them, I think is also hopefully that's something that um, makes you feel more assured. So to kind of wrap this section up, what is one thing that you would like to tell our listeners about breast cancer and Susan G. Komen's mission this Mother's Day? Um, you know, not a lot of people know this, but one in eight women in the U.S. will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime. I mean, when you think of your own personal circles, you're likely going to be impacted at some point in your life. All of us will. And Susan G. Coleman is really the best positioned organization to end breast cancer forever. 
We're the only organization leading research, public policy initiatives, global education and outreach, and providing direct services to patients to get them the care that they need um, today. And so, you know, we take this all-encompassing approach um, to make the biggest impact against breast cancer. And there's so many ways to get involved and support. So I really hope everyone will log on, learn more, and, and join us. Yeah, it's so important. It's so very true. You probably have more than eight girlfriends in your life that are surrounding you, and that number is, it's not big. Um, so you had a mother who went through breast cancer, um, and she is a survivor. How long is she a survivor for? We are celebrating her eighth anniversary of being breast cancer-free next week. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Wow, perfect timing too that yes. around Mother's Day you can celebrate that. That's uh, that's really exciting. Um, so to kind of go back to when she was diagnosed with it, how did you find out about her diagnosis? Yeah, it, I remember it so vividly. Um, I had just gotten home from work. It was the middle of the week and my parents who lived just a couple miles away at the time said, hey, we're in the neighborhood. Can we stop by? Um, not really anything unusual, but I just knew at, that something was wrong. Um, you know, again, that's where I go back to that gut feeling that, you know, something's not quite right. So they came over and they told us, um, and it was scary. Um, I had a lot of questions. Um, but I didn't really want to overwhelm my parents with them. So I kind of kept them to myself. Um, and it kind of just started what was, I feel like about a year of what felt like life just kind of stopping. Um, I did not have kids at the time, but um, have a brother and he has three girls. And so living close to our parents and in the neighborhood, and, you know, we were getting together often as a family. My mom is a natural hostess and the matriarch of our extended family and all that kind of went away for about a year. Um, and so that's, that's what stands out the most where it kind of just feels like time just kind of stood still for a while. How has her experience influenced you with your own health and wellness practice? I think knowing, especially more now that I work for Susan G. Coleman, but that maintaining a healthy lifestyle can help reduce my own risk of breast cancer. It's just more top of mind to me to exercise, to eat as healthy as possible when I can. I know we were talking earlier about I never regret a workout, um, and I certainly feel that way, but I also really take it to heart that it's also really necessary for my own personal health. Um, so that's just something that I build into my daily routine, um, and I try to make it fun, um, get out and walk, get my mom involved when we can. Um, so that, that definitely stays top of mind. I'm sure even if you already you, you were already working out and eating right, it probably just makes you realize, you know, just tighten it up even more just so to keep yourself um, in the best. It feels like a, there's a bigger reason behind it now, right? Okay. So uh, what do you think is one thing that you would like to tell the listeners about being the daughter of a breast cancer survivor and the impact that it's had on your life? I think being the daughter of a breast cancer survivor has just given me a different perspective. There's not a day where I wake up and I don't wonder if breast cancer is going to impact my life. 
um, or the life of someone else that I love. I look at my six-year-old daughter and hope that she never has to experience breast cancer or experience me going through breast cancer. Um, but it's potentially there. So it's really going to take so many of us coming together um, to reach that vision of a world without breast cancer. So that's what I'm working towards. I'm working towards everyone knowing what their risk is so that um, we can all beat this together. And you, not only changing your generation, but for your daughter's generation yes. too. Um, how amazing that is to help all of these people. And you're definitely doing so much to contribute to the hopeful cure of it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So in Susan G. Komen, you uh, work in the fundraising and partnering with Courthouse. Um how do you guys go about that? What's been your most successful campaign um, that you attribute to success? Yeah, um, so partnering with different companies and brands has been part of Coleman's um, world since we were founded 40 years ago. Each of these partners has been instrumental in helping Coleman achieve our mission. Um, and you can meet and learn more about all of our current partners on our website. What's amazing about all of our corporate partners um, is that none of our partnerships look exactly alike. We really try to make sure it made sense um, for those companies and that it's meaningful for their audiences, um, as well as helping further our mission. Um, and so we have partners from all types of industries, from retail, pharmacy, finance, consumer goods, news media, um, and so many more. So I think what makes our partnerships the most successful is collaborating with companies that truly care about the breast cancer community. And it's really fun um, to figure out how we're going to bring that to life, whether it's a product on Live Pink and them supporting research or whatever's important to them. Um, I know Fit Crunch is one of your partners. Yes. And that was, uh, that was really cool to kind of look into them. They have their special strawberry shortcake uh, pink protein bar. But yeah. also, when I was reading the back of the bar, I thought something really cool was how they said that from October 22 to September of 23, that they were going to donate a minimum of $50,000, no matter what their sales were. And I just think that is something, I don't really know much about the brand, but I, if I saw a Fit Crunch bar out, I would go purchase one because I feel as though that's something that just shows their integrity and dedication to helping I'm so glad you called that out. Fit Crunch and, and all of our partners are so generous. Um, and we try to make sure that the consumers like yourself, like me, um, know about their generosity and what they're doing in the fight about breast cancer. And then you feel better about their brand. We have so many companies that I like to shop for, not just because they support Susan G. Komen, um, but it can be another cause I care about as well, because, you know, I'm someone that tends to shop with a conscious. And so I feel better about shopping brands that I know are giving back to the community and, and towards causes that impact the, the people that are buying their things, right? Yeah, so important. There's so many different brands out there. How do you choose and that's a way to choose? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what challenges do you think that you faced during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic? Did it halt any of the fundraising or how did you guys kind of go about that? Yeah, so fundraising did not stop uh, during COVID. It certainly um, 
brought about many new challenges. Um, and really that was with what we saw at Coleman is an increased need for fundraising. Um, we have seen such a tremendous increase in the demand for our services because of the additional financial barriers um, that have been caused by the economic slowdown, which started with COVID, you know, this, this whole ripple effect. Um, over 60% of people reaching out to our patient care center are seeking financial support, um, particularly in the areas so that they can go about their breast cancer screening and access some care services. So we have a financial assistance program. It's experiencing a record number of requests from income eligible patients that are seeking financial assistance so they can continue their care. So it's really been more critical than ever to fundraise and provide much needed support to those that are going through breast cancer today, especially due to the aftermath of the pandemic um, and how a lot of that has caused some added personal financial stress. And so we have a lot of resources at Coleman that can help with that, but we need everyone's support so that we can get those resources to the people that need them the most. So how do you, how do you measure the impact of success of the fundraising efforts that lead you, that you lead on Susan? Any and all fundraising that brings us closer to our vision of a world without breast cancer is really a success. Our corporate partners play a critical role in advancing our mission and getting us closer to our fundraising goals. I mean, over the years, they've helped raise tens of millions of dollars to support our research investments, our patient care services, keep our health line going, let us uh, grant more through our financial assistance program and, and help support our advocacy priorities. Um, influencers like yourself and other people that support, you know, really help us get the word out. They kind of act as our megaphone about how you can get involved in the community, how you can make a difference yourself because every single person can. Um, so it really takes all of us working together to keep advancing breast cancer treatment and care. Um, and so we measure success just by everyone doing as much as they possibly can and really taking action. I think that's important. No donation, uh, no walk is too small. What do you think the most significant project that you specifically worked on or fundraising or initiative that you did? I think Coleman has been involved in so many significant projects and initiatives aimed at ending breast cancer over the past 40 years and recently, um, it's hard to choose. <laughs> but I think you, one of the most important initiatives that we've um, created here at Coleman is our patient care center. It provides personalized care and support for services to people throughout their breast cancer journey. So individual can, individuals can access a range of services, including a free helpline that provides mental and emotional support direct financial assistance, um, patient navigation, so that someone can walk alongside them and help navigate the healthcare system, um, which as we know is very complicated. Um, and it can help, help them overcome any barriers to care. A patient navigator can answer questions, help you prepare for doctor's appointments. Um, so we provide so many services. The patient care center supported nearly 26,000 people last year in 2022. Um, and so we really work to keep fundraising up, to keep support up, um, because we believe that these services play such a critical role for people. Um, and we want to ensure that they are free of charge and available 
to anyone and everyone who needs them. Yeah. Um, So this has been so informative. Um, There's so much information and I will link lots of stuff in the show notes when um, this episode airs. Um, um, But what to ask one last question, what advice would you give someone who's interested in fundraising or working with corporate partners to support nonprofit organization like Susan G. Coleman? So give us a call, check us out. There are so many ways to get involved in fundraising. Um, You can create your own personal fundraiser, um, join one of the many companies that is supporting Komen, buy one of their products, or um, just learn more about their brand. Um, You can also tell your friends and your family if they're going through a breast cancer journey, Komen is a place of support that they can go to. There's so much information on our website, and you can also call our helpline, which is one eight seven seven go Komen, um, to ask questions, get the support you need. There is no question too small um, that we can't help you with, and we want to be there to support you. You have a community of supporters, of survivors, of people going through it themselves, of thrivers um, that are ready for you to join us and go on this journey together to reach our vision of a world without breast cancer. Wonderful advice. Um, This was so informative. We loved hearing your story and everything about Susan G. Komen and um, the products. And I'm, again, just so excited to work with you guys over these next couple weeks um, uh, with, um, you know, the sales for your last minute gifts and everything. Awesome. you know, I just want to say, like, thank you so much for coming on, uh, learning about your inspiring work. Made such a dif- makes such a difference for the breast cancer community. Again, if you'd like to support the uh, foundation and mission, I'm going to link everything in the show notes. So, shop, check it out, donate uh, around, especially around Mother's Day. It's so important to help support the women that you that are surrounding you in your life. Um, and as always, like, thank you so much. You know, coming thank you this was so great and i appreciate everything that you're doing um to help more women that you know as i said i'm just really proud to work with this um the foundation just because of how much it's affected me and um just to it has such a passion in my heart to to be a part of it well thank you Um, So thanks for tuning in. Make sure you follow along. Uh, You can find me on social media at the running wine mom underscore. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and review the podcast. Hope everyone has a great week and I will be back next Tuesday.